Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thursday, last night's action, including Coppa Italia as Andrea Pirlo wins his first trophy with Juventus. Mauricio Pochettino wins with PSG in the Coupe de France against Monaco with Premier League as Liverpool in the driver's seat in a top four spot. We got Jimmy Conrad to recap all the action and we discuss what happens this weekend, including Tottenham and Harry Kane. This and much, much more. Kego Lasso Thursday begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Kigo Lasso. This is our Thursday show, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy! Oh, look at that. Happy birthday, Andrea Pirlo from yesterday. Andrea Pirlo. I love that little poster. If you're watching on YouTube, Jimmy's putting it up. Hey, Jimmy, a good one for him, huh? How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm amazing. Happy birthday to the maestro himself, Andrea Pirlo. I know it was yesterday, as you mentioned, but this was a big birthday present for him. And and congratulations to our Lord and Savior. At least he's my Lord and Savior. I worshipped him as a player. And I want to worship him as a manager, but he hasn't really been doing enough to warrant that consideration. However, he did win his second trophy for the club after winning the Super Coppa Italia. Now he's got the Coppa Italia under his belt. The first time the club's actually won it with Cristiano Ronaldo there as well. And now they have a big game this weekend. We'll see if they can keep that good momentum going. However, the team they just beat, Atalanta, Luis needs to do them a favor by beating AC Milan this weekend so they can qualify for the top four. So a lot of intrigue going on in Serie A. There's a lot going on and we will discuss it all, everybody. So this is how it goes down. We will recap last night's action. We'll take a little break and then we will discuss because, uh, you know, today the matches aren't, there's nothing really going on in terms of what we want to discuss. No disrespect to all games that are happening on Thursday. But in terms of Europe and what's happening in the weekend, we'll, we'll have a discussion on what's looking ahead in the weekend and what we can expect. So let's begin from uh, Wednesday night. Let's talk, Jimmy, first uh, with Liverpool, though. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm mad, Jimmy, because we, we both said 2 nothing maybe, and then they got that third goal. But Liverpool in the driver's seat, 3 nothing against Burnley, and they're in a Champions League spot as we speak. Thoughts on that? Uh, it's incredible. I really think it's one of the greatest achievements, managerial achievements of Jurgen Klopp's career. I really do. That might sound a little overdramatic, but I just think given everything that they've gone through, both on and off the field and him personally, Jurgen Klopp with his mother passing away, all those things add up. And so for them to have this light at the end of the tunnel, at the end of the season to, to have enough strength and courage, and they've been the best team in the Premier League over the last two months in terms of record domestically, they found a way to kind of regain some of that identity that we've known them for over the last couple of seasons. They lost it a little bit because of a number of reasons. And they've in there, they're, they're there. They control their own fate on the last week of the season to get in the top four. I really am impressed with, with Liverpool and, and just the character of the players and the, and the club overall. So, and they, and they weathered the super league stuff too, you know, and there's just all this drama surrounding 
you know, them in, in a lot of different ways. And, and so for them to kind of keep focused is a really a testament to Jurgen Klopp and his managerial ability. Yeah, absolutely. Two goals came in the first half with Roberto Firmino just before the break. Uh, sorry, one goal in the first half just before the break and then two in the second half with uh, Nat Phillips. Well done getting his goal there in the 52nd minute. And then uh, AOC, Liverpool's AOC, uh, uh, Oxley chamberlain got a goal late in that one. Mohamed Salah nearly got another one, but Burnley just about managed to uh, get away with it. But Liverpool win 3 nothing. I mean, it was, uh, you know, 20 shots, 59%. Pretty much uh, got the job done. To your point, uh, you know, doing yeah, what, I, commendable. I will say that the game really changed in the last ten minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Chris Wood's chance. Chris Wood had an unbelievable opportunity and somehow put that wide. I mean, that guy's been pretty good this season for Burnley. Maybe one of their very, very, very few bright spots. Yeah, he had a good he's little. In, window he's in. All he has to do is hit it, hit it hard and low. Allison's not getting down, and it would have gone one zero up to Burnley before half. Instead. Liverpool survive and dodge a big bullet there. And then Bobby Firmino, they score a very good goal right before half. Imagine that halftime if it had been the opposite. 1-0, Burnley's up. That's It was a really fine margins in that game, especially in the first half. Second half, all Liverpool. But I think because they scored first, because they could walk in to halftime, relaxing a little bit because they scored first, I think that really lent itself to, to them. Uh, being able to be themselves a little bit more and not be so tight going into the second half. And they were the better team in the second half. I will say, I'm pretty sure I told everybody to bet Liverpool to win the first half exactly 1-0. And guess well what done, happened? Man. That's <laughs> well what done. happened, everybody. Just about, right? But well done. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. I'll take it. No matter how it comes, Luis. We don't worry about oh, the details. It was one nothing in the first That's half. It. That's all That's that it. we need to know. That's all that matters. But yes, Chris Wood should have buried that chance and that would have probably changed some things. I think, though, that Liverpool probably still they deserve to win the game but but man that was it's the fine margins the fine margins and and they did enough and let's be honest we could probably argue liverpool deserve a little bit of luck here towards the end of the season and they're getting it because not only are they getting it from their side they're also getting some results to go their way as well yeah no absolutely and listen this is a game about fortune but it's also about taking your chances and there were many moments in the season when it wasn't happening for them etc we'll probably talk a little bit more about that later on specifically as we look ahead to the last uh, match day. But, you know, it was a good win. And by the way, at the end of that game, Jurgen Klopp just like hugging everybody. Like, you know, we were talking about it. Obviously, winning the Premier League is a big deal, but it just means so much to them, just everything that they have gone through. So well done to Liverpool. All right, some other games here in the Premier League, by the way, from today. Everton beat Wolves, one nothing. Richarlison, Newcastle, Joe Willock. What is that? Six goals now? Six, Six goals? games. Incredible. Well, I mean, yes, it's Sheffield United, but still Joe Willock doing his thing. Alan Shearer, Alan Shearer who? You know what I mean? Like Joe <laughs> Willock is the new Alan Shearer for Newcastle. I his, know. Lo- his loan's going to end. He's going to go back to Arsenal and Arteta won't let him go. But, you know, we enjoyed him while we had him. And I'm excited that, uh, well, that we won a, won a couple games here at the end. As a new no, guy. it was good. I mean, you know, that the most important thing, of course, that victory. Uh, Arsenal beating Crystal Palace 3-1. So keeping what their conference league hopes alive. West Ham, uh, they did go one nothing down to West Brom, but they went 3-1 as well. So the Europa League, Europa Conference for them as well. And Aston Villa, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I saw this whole game, completely bossed Tottenham, okay? Should have had a penalty, first of all. Could have been more than that. By the end of it, we put our kids in, 
Okay, our youth academy kids, I'm telling you, and the way that Harry Kane, I know we're going to talk about this, but the way that Harry Kane was saying goodbye to his stadium and his fans, he was very emotional. I, I mean, it, it seems that it's in the cards, Jimmy Conrad, 2-1 Villa against Tottenham. Yeah, I don't even know where to go with this. I was <laughs> pretty disappointed. Tottenham scored first and Steve Bergwijn scored a, an excellent goal and it was good pressure. And Sergio Reguillon, of course, is going to get <laughs> slandered in some ways because he what didn't make a finish signing of the season for Villa for Thank sure <laughs> for sure I mean he was he was Villa's best player no doubt but <laughs> but his his header and his pressure actually set up the first goal and then Bergwijn did very very well to get that off his foot and basically put a hole through the net at that point you needed to see a little bit of Jose Mourinho type tactics to, to just kind of lock that down and I still thought that that and maybe because Grealish was back on the team, surprisingly, I, I, I follow you obviously very intensely on Twitter, so I know when Grealish is you're like, wow, yeah. I didn't expect him to play. Sorry about plays, that. You can feel free to mute me. No, no never, 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 never mute you. Uh, Lisa, our producer, might want to mute you or me at times, but but uh, I think she already Twitter. has to. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. But uh, you know, I thought that with Grealish in, the team just seems to flow a lot better. I thought that the transition for Villa seems better. And, and it's clear when he's on the field, everybody starts to elevate their performance. And that's the type of player you have with Jack Grealish. I was just disappointed in Spurs. I've been disappointed with them all season. They didn't let me down on this one. I do think the Harry Kane stuff, we talked about it in the preview. What kind of mentality was that going to have? What kind of ripple effect of that announcement was that going to have? I'm sure the Spurs front office was pissed that it dropped the way that it did. And when it did, They've already acknowledged that, and now we're going to see. I mean, right now there's a lot of talk about Harry Kane, a straight swap, you know, him for who. And, and I was trying to think before coming on, like, who who could it, who would they switch for? You know, who would Harry Kane actually switch for? I mean, obviously he, he's got ties to Pochettino and, and PSG. So I, know, I don't think Acardi wants to come back, but I, would you take Neymar? Would, would Tottenham fans Ooh. take Neymar and then Harry Kane could go and they could get a proper number nine? That would be wild. It's never going to happen, but we can we can dream. It could be amazing, couldn't it? You never amazing. know. You just you just never know. So I just I'm kind of curious about the Harry Kane situation moving forward. I think he wanted to put his flag in the ground and say state publicly that he was unhappy, and that was clear. And the team, you know, basically followed suit. Like it's just it's just a really listless performance in a game that they needed to win. And now, fair play to West Ham. I mean, Tottenham need to beat Leicester in the last day of the season. And West Ham are at home to, to I forgot who they're at home to, but um, you know, they're playing Southampton at home. And yeah. If they can't get a draw at home to get into the Europa League, then they don't deserve to be in the Europa League. So, right. I, uh, yeah, it's a big, big loss. And now Arsenal, if they win and, and Tottenham drop points, Arsenal will finish above Spurs, which would be even worse and harsh for, for Tottenham at this point. So we'll see. There's a lot going on. Crazy. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on for Tottenham. I'll just say this. I, I, I did a quick thread on Harry Kane. I think, yes, obviously it would be detrimental, but I don't think that Spurs fans should think it. They should focus more on the fact that who's the manager that's coming in. I think that's the most important thing because this club needs an identity change. This club needs a completely different culture. And if that means getting rid of Harry Kane and, you know, bring some money in and like building on whatever, then so be it. But whoever comes in, to me, is more of an important conversation than what happens to Harry Kane at this point. That's how that's how important it is. So I have a question for you and for everybody listening. You can let us know on social media what you think because we can't hear you at the current moment. We should have a <laughs> phone-in show at some point. Oh, but, I would love that. Well, yeah, it'd be nuts. We just get we get the crazies to call in, and I love yeah. the crazies, especially yeah. when they're super passionate. Do you think that if you're a new manager, would you rather take over Spurs when you're not in Europe? 
when you don't have to worry about that midweek pressure and you can really set your culture. Jose Marina is going to have that luxury with Roma for the most part, not in the Europa League and Champions League, probably the Conference League. And, and that could happen for Spurs as well with the Conference League. But would you rather have that? Because it gives you a year without the spotlight as, as heavy and bright. Yeah. And, then, and then you can work through the Harry Kane stuff and maybe sell them and then go buy a couple more players that you probably need to help fill that void to your point. Yes, the answer or, is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Okay, I won't even say the other side then. Because no, I'm, no, I'm, no, really, I'm really curious. Is. I'm really curious as to what, I mean, what is there, or, what is there to lose? Because it's not just the fact that Tottenham will not maybe not have any Europe, but it's also the fact that they don't have a face. They don't have a name. They don't yeah, have a, an identity. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. so that's more important to me, you know? And if I were Tottenham, okay? If I were Tottenham, honestly, and I'm looking at managers and I'm saying, okay, who can I get? I would try my absolute hardest to get Diego Martinez from Granada. And just like, see, like, what can we do? What can we throw at him? This man creates an identity, creates a culture, and he creates resilience and grit and confidence. And he knows how to play. And he's smart. I mean, Mauricio Pochettino came to England, to Southampton from Espanol, and then Tottenham realized, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Maybe do a similar thing. Do something like that. Maybe not necessarily Diego Martinez, but he's a perfect example of what I think they need. Because Hansi Flick is going to go to Germany after the Euros, right? I, I, I actually heard Hansi Flick to Barcelona. Now, I'm not whoa. Buying, that, not buying that smoke, but that's interesting. I never really thought about that. I do think, everybody... Let me watch that, Fabrizio Romano and see if he can tell me. What, what I do think is that we're going to see some crazy plot twists this summer, and I can't wait. Because yeah. <laughs> we're going to get into it. And obviously, Fabrizio is going to know before everybody else, because that's what he's great yeah. at. Yeah. I will say that... Uh, I guess if a manager wants to come come in, it'd be nice to start at the at the lowest ground floor that you can, and that way you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. And so, yeah, I guess I wouldn't want to be qualified for Europe either, but it might be harder to attract a manager to do that. However, I did think you were going to say another Martinez, Roberto Martinez. No, he also, yeah, a I mean, CBS colleague, Be so maybe he can give me 20% if we make it happen. But uh. he, He's coaching Belgium, so maybe after the Euros, that he's might done. be something. Yep. Maybe maybe that he'll do what he's going to do because that we, we could look at the Belgian national team and like this is it this is like the yep. last big tournament for this yep. this golden generation though. But you see a trend here though, right? You see the trend that yeah, I'm trying yeah, to get yeah, out here. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. somebody that goes in there and be like, this is how we're going to play, and this is what we're going to try and do. Why do you think we give so much praise to Marcelo Bielsa? It's not because he's like eccentric or whatever. It's because he understands the city of Leeds. He gave them an identity. They responded to it, and voila. And that's exactly what Tottenham needs. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be exactly like that, but it's about giving this team something to believe in because they're like, they're nothing. They're like, they're, they're just a nothing club in terms of who they are on the pitch. They're so reactive. And Mourinho made them uber reactive. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that when you have Harry Kane. And it's not just him, human son, you know, all these players. Like, it's ridiculous. They have to get somebody though. I mean, I don't know if Diego Martinez is a big enough name, to be honest. I, I agree with you that that would be. But maybe that's the problem, Jimmy. Maybe it's like there's so much focus on the big name and not on like what you can actually bring to the table. I mean, I hear you. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to to I'm trying to get it to the skulls of Tottenham fans. Success, although not immediate, the most important thing is to have a manager that creates a culture in your club, because right now you're just trying to do Band-Aid over gunshot wounds. And that was Mourinho as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Diego Martinez would be an inspired choice. I just don't, I think Daniel Levy, I don't know. 
No, I'm not saying it's going to happen by any. I would love. I would love it. I, I think, and if you gave him time, and I think not qualifying for the bigger competitions in Europe would give him a little bit of that 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 one season ramp or runway to to kind of create that culture that you're talking about. And then obviously he'd have to start performing in year two. But yeah, Frank Lampard. <laughs> uh, that would be for the banter. I would love that. Sign me up for that. I don't, I'm trying to think who else is really out there. I mean, you have Ernesto Valverde, who has been pretty quiet since Barcelona. Yeah, maybe. He never really did much for me, but... but I'm just... You know. I just think... I think that directors and owners sometimes are a little lazy in their manager search. I think they put a lot of uh, stock into, ooh, what's their resume about? What's the hype about? Where, where did they manage last? And they don't think enough about, well, what are they actually bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like if they looked at Spain or even the Netherlands and Italy and Germany, of course, with the tremendous talent they have there, like they could you do know what? Stop. I got it for you. Okay. I got it. Okay. Tell me. The up and coming manager managed in France for a little bit, came to MLS. Pretty, pretty good? good player. Thierry Henry would be an amazing manager. <laughs> I'm done. I'm dropping the mic. Thanks for having me, everybody. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Remy Gard, to be honest. That would be amazing. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, Fabrizio just uh, messaged me. He said, no, my friend, no, uh, in terms of Hansi to Barcelona. Well, I appreciate um, that. That's a nice response. Nice and quick. Nothing serious. Nothing what serious as of right now. Nothing serious as of now. So there's no legitimate uh, interest uh, as of now. But, you know, that would be interesting. But no. All right. Well, listen, there were some other games as well. Um, we talked about it. Andrea Pirlo winning Coppa Italia with Juventus against Atalanta 2-1. Juventus scored first. Atalanta tied it up. Federico Chiesa, what a player. Hit the post, uh, lovely back heel from Cristiano Ronaldo, but then uh, Chiesa hits the post, but then he redeems himself. 2-1, and Pirlo has his first trophy with Juventus. What do you think? Yes. No, I'm excited for, for Andrea Pirlo because of how much I respect him and respected him as a player. Obviously, a little uneven. Anytime you take a job with no experience, it's going to be a little bit tough. That's it. I thought they looked really good. I actually thought this was one of Juve's best performances of the season. That they were really solid. I thought they managed when Atalanta did score. They they still had some fight and almost like picked it up a level, right? That's the Juve that we kind of associate with over the last you know five, six, seven years. That they're they're impenetrable. They 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 you know they laugh off adversity because they're just so good. They're so talented. They have so much confidence and belief in themselves. And I thought we saw a little bit of that, and that, that was cool. Might be too little, too late for Andrea Pirlo, especially if Zidane might be the person that's going to come in and take over. Yeah. But it is Juve's. A 14th Coppa Italia trophy, the most in the history of Italy. So congratulations to them uh, for that. I will say, though, I'm a little sad for Atalanta. I just feel like Gasparini and all the hard work that him and his players have done and the club overall, they just don't have anything to show for it. It's tremendous that they're probably going to finish second in Serie A and going to qualify for the Champions League for the third consecutive year running when they have a budget that's not even close to all the other top six teams in Italy and, and around. Well, you wanted a trophy for them. You wanted a trophy. You did. You wanted to have them. Just, it's it's cool to say that you've done that, but if you don't have any hardware to show for it. So they were in the final two seasons ago. They lost. They've only won one. It was back in 1963. It just would have been cool. It would have been a great story. And when they got it to 1-1, I thought, mm, maybe this is it. Maybe we're going to see Juve actually break because we've seen them break a little bit over yeah. the last couple months, and they didn't. They just bent, and they did what they needed to do. And I got to give it to Juventus, Jimmy, by the way. They defended they very good. well. They were good. They were good. And and Duvon Zapata had a couple good early chances, found himself in great spots, but couldn't take advantage. And and I felt like the more that Atalanta kind of missed those early sniffs at goal, and, and they, they weren't clear-cut ones, but they were kind of these half chances. Yeah. That said, I will say Gigi Buffon, 
one of the greatest to ever do it, if not the greatest to ever do it between the sticks, started this game. And it's really cool to see. I mean, he's older than we are, I think, Luis. So it's just kind of cool to see. You combined. Know, combined. Yeah, <laughs> see, see some guy that should be playing in an over 40 league, you know, winning Copa Italia's. It's, it's uh, pretty neat. So, and it's a good way for him to go out. That's going to be yeah. his last game for Juve. And for him to win a trophy is pretty special. So there's a lot of things to like about this Juve win. But it would have been cool to see Atalanta do it. No, I totally agree. Nothing much more to say with that. So let's move to France for a second. Coupe de France, PSG finally beat Monaco 2 nothing. Kylian Mbappé on a terrible Monaco mistake, by the way, uh, to, you know, um, capitalize and make it one nothing. Mauro Icardi got a goal as well. And this uh, soothes the pressure, I guess, on Mauricio Pochettino as well as he wins a trophy. And, you know, Still trying to win League A, but at least they get a trophy this week as PSG beat Monaco, Jimmy Conrad. Well, very similar to Pirlo. Was this enough? And this goes for you and for everybody listening. Was this enough for Pochettino to keep his job? He needed to win this one, in my humble opinion. He needed to have something to show for him being hired midseason and that he could make this team a little bit better than where they were under Thomas Tuchel at that time, where I just think that had just kind of ended. Their, their relationship, the players and Tuchel, that it just had come to an end. And obviously we're seeing a bit of a rebirth with Tuchel with some new players and he's done very well, of course. But this is the 14th title for PSG in the Coup de France, the most in French history. So 14 and 14, we got Juve and PSG winning yeah. the same number of cup titles. They have obviously a big game this weekend. They need Lille to trip up for them to have a chance to win Liga. But, uh, and I don't know if that's going to happen, but you never know. Last day of the season, anything butterflies. I mean, I know we're going to get into it with our weekend preview at some point, uh, not in this podcast, but maybe we can tease it a little bit, but I was really impressed. The PSG, I thought their energy was good. You know, they were missing a lot of players, Ferrati, Neymar, you know, a lot of guys that they lean on to help them, help them have success. And, and uh, I felt really bad for the Monaco defender. If you guys see the highlights of this one, he just got the ball past him from the goalkeeper at the top of the box. He took a big touch, bobbled, and Poppy said, thank you very much, stole it from him, played it across to Accardi that tapped it in. As a former center back myself, it, it hurts me. Like, if, you, if you're going to lose at anything, you just want to lose because the other team just played better that day, not because you handed it to him. Yeah. And, and I thought that that first goal really did, and, and it was first half, you know, so that just allowed PSG to, to really dictate the terms from there and could relax. And I just do, especially those teams that are always favored to win when they score first, they're really hard to come back on. And, and they got a late one. A, Di Maria was excellent to set up the goal and what a cheeky finish by Mbappe, who I thought was pretty dangerous all night. And I thought he deserved a goal. So fair play to PSG. I thought Monaco, this is, this is the narrative we've had before Luis, where Monaco had beaten Chelsea, or excuse me, Monaco had beaten PSG twice yeah. This season and now this is the third time and we both sat here going and you I think you said it there's no way that Monaco can beat this PSG this team three times in the same season and I feel the same way about Chelsea and and Man City uh, heading into the Champions League final and and that proved to be true so we'll see if it ends up being true in the Champions League final but fair play to PSG I thought they were excellent yeah absolutely and you know just going back to your original question is this enough uh, for PSG ownerships and Bounty so but just, you know Jonathan Johnson did say that I don't even if they don't win. Liga, you know, Mauricio Pochettino is not really going to go anywhere, but you just, you never know. You never know, man. You never know. You never know. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Like Jimmy said, we're just going to give you a very, very quick thoughts on what's coming up uh, this weekend, because obviously it's the final day of the season in Europe in major leagues. And we just wanted to give a few thoughts, um, you know, on what's coming up. So, okay, well, so we'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The NBA playoffs are about to begin. Join the Early Edge podcast every single day for the best bets, props, and futures for this year's postseason. Jonathan Coachman, Mike McClure, and Larry Hartstein won't lead you astray as they bring the best bets to your feed every morning in 15 minutes or less. You can find the Early Edge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even live on YouTube. And you know what happens every time I do an NBA playoffs plug. Go Knicks! everybody welcome back to Kigo Lasso our Thursday show after this episode by the way it's our weekend preview and it's our weekend preview looking ahead to the final day of the season it could be it could be our biggest parlay of all time I think there's like 37 teams (laughs) and games we could choose from so parlay partay (laughs) with like five A's Jimmy is that what you're telling me (laughs) yes we we, we could win a million dollars if we hit it all Luis I'm 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 doing I'm gonna put five bucks in to win a million let's go we're getting close everybody (laughs) you're getting really close but hey by the way just FYI if you're like planning your weekend La Liga is on Saturday okay everything else is on Sunday because Eurovision (laughs) takes uh president which is fair enough very old uh established uh, growing up in England. I remember just like how Eurovision would just be like crazy for some. It's kind of amazing. But yeah, just so you know. So Jimmy, today, just now, I just wanted to get some thoughts, really. Just very initial thoughts. We don't have to go into full analytical mode here. But, you know, in the Premier League, you know, Liverpool, we discuss, obviously, they, they take that fourth spot right now. Then it's Chelsea, then United, obviously, and Man City. Is it staying like that, do you think? Yeah, I do think it'll stay that way. Chelsea, I mean, you probably can talk to me a little bit better about how you think Aston Villa is going to perform in that last game, especially having a a, a big win uh, today against Spurs. So maybe maybe it flips off flip flops. I mean, Liverpool could finish third, which would be unbelievable. Given and they everything. face Palace, we don't want they, to get into full analysis mode here. No, no, I know. I can't help myself. But, I just love it. We're going to save it for I the know. preview the preview podcast. But but I like the West Ham Southampton. I really do want to see David Moyes have that success and qualify for Europe. And, uh, you know, I'm keeping my eye on Liverpool, of course. I mean, there's there's some good storylines here. I wish there was still a bit of a relegation scrap because I always like that that side of things. But I mean, unfortunately, last, not in the Premier League. Well, last year, like nearly took half my life away. It was just like, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But I agree. I agree. So it was really just the Champions League and the European places. Uh, La Liga, you think Atleti will take care of business here? You think, as think it's, more, it's, it's more of a hope and... and I was going to potentially do something around it, but similar to you and maybe last season with, with Aston Villa and I'm just going to roll up in a ball on the couch and probably not tweet anything and just pray. Cause Aleti is going to be hard for them. I mean, it's pretty rare when Real Madrid and Barcelona both have a season where they've dropped off a bit. And this is that 
opportunity. So yeah, this is crazy, but, but they're taking on, so it's what hurts me, Luis, is that they're taking on a Real Valladolid team that they haven't given up a goal to in the last four games. Like that's just a kiss of death. That means they're going to give up like five to them or something crazy. But, but anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. I, 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 yes, Atleti's going to win. Madrid will win as well. So they'll finish second. Barcelona will probably beat Abar 17-0 when it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough. By the way, they might just need a draw too, like, you know, but, you know, I, I you want to go for the win. Obviously, this is Diego Simeone we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Finally, two more. Serie A, Champions League. Juventus getting this. They're going to what's crazy about Juventus is that they need help from the team they just beat in the Copa Italia final, Atalanta. Yeah. If, if Atalanta beats AC Milan, then Juve would would leapfrog them. And then Milan maybe drops. It depends on what Napoli. Dude, I love Serie A right now. I mean, yes, Inter Milan won the league. Napoli fourth, by the way. It's, like- it's, it's crazy. 76, 76, and 75 in third, fourth, and fifth. And one of those three teams, either Milan, Napoli, or Juve, is not going to qualify for the Champions League. Insane. Nap- that's insane. So I look forward to breaking these down in a more meaningful way uh, for our, our preview podcast. For yeah, sure. totally. Well, let's go to Liga for a second. Uh, Leo, they're getting it down. I want to say yes, because Timothy Weah, I want to see another American international win a trophy. Zach Steffen did it. We saw Weston McKinney do it with Juventus in the Copa Italia. Uh, Jonathan David, Canadian international. I want to see some North American representation dominating things in Europe. So I want to say yes. And ultimately, if PSG don't win, they they only have themselves to blame. They, they dropped so many points along the way. So, so yeah, I want Lille to do it against Angers. But, uh, dude, I mean, we got Lille on 80. PSG on 79, Monaco on 77, and Leo on 76. So that is that's the kind of that's the kind of league I want to see in every league around the world. Like coming down to the last weekend with so much at stake for all these teams is pretty. Well, I'll tell you, of all the problems that Liga has had, like financially, whatever, they're like salivating at that. They wanted yeah, that because yeah. you know you want to get all the eyeballs at least on Liga and see what happens there. It's going to be very interesting. But as Jimmy said, the uh weekend preview is really going to get more down to the nitty gritty and the details and everything. We'll give you a good fun parlay partay, betting tips, analysis, etc. So this was our episode. Jimmy Conrad, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? No, I just want to shout out to all the teams in the Copa Libertadores that are playing match day five, if I'm not mistaken. Boca Juniors need to beat the strongest. That is the name of a club. And I love it. I actually want to go get the strongest jersey as soon as humanly possible because I just feel like my life will be better because of it. But yeah, shout out to Copa Libertadores. I love that competition. Copa Libertadores is absolutely on. Boca Juniors, Barcelona C, of course, as well. By the way, Always Ready is also playing uh, t- today. Uh, what a name, man. Just, I love it. I love it, too. Imagine, yeah. like, you, imagine trying to sell that to American fans. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we're going to call our, our team the strongest? You know, like always ready. Does that work for everybody? We're going to go with always ready. I mean, that's, it's awesome. I, well, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm here for it. Always ready. Better not ever have their bus come late to a, to a stadium. Cause like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. We're always ready, but now we're an hour ready. late. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway. So make sure that you tune in to Kego Lasso, Jimmy Conrad on Twitter, as well as Instagram, Jimmy Conrad. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you. LME. Always a pleasure. 
everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Lasso. Please subscribe because all the episodes are right there. We're on CBS Sports. We're also on CBS Sports app as well. Have a great, great rest of your day. world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!